Welcome back to the Verified Athletics Podcast. We just officially released the College Selector, so it is now available on student athletes' profiles. So if you're an athlete uh, and you don't have a profile, make sure that you get one. But if you do already have a profile, log in and you can access the College Selector tab. Uh, from there, you can fill out a bunch of information. It takes about five minutes. And we will follow up with an email that lists the schools that we think that you should reach out to, um, why we think that they're good fits for you, where they may or may not. It really can help you in the recruiting process. This is something that you would pay a consultant maybe $1,000 to have them help you to do. But for this, you get it all for free. And really, it just takes about five minutes of your time. So you should definitely do it. Uh, at the very least, it's definitely fun to see what schools come up for you. So check out the College Selector at VerifiedAthletics.com. Today is also the first day that we're recording in the new studio, so it might sound a little different. Uh, it might take us a couple episodes to fine-tune it and make it perfect. Today's guest is Vad Lee. Vad is a current FCA chaplain at the University of Indiana. Before that, he had a great career as a college quarterback, uh, was probably the best player in FCS football. Uh, for a couple of years, but before that was the starting quarterback at Georgia Tech. Uh, he was one of the top recruited athletes in the country the year he was coming out of high school, was choosing between a whole bunch of schools, and he's focused on helping athletes become better versions of themselves. So I think he's got a lot of insight for everyone that would listen to this podcast, and he's got a great story. So I hope you all enjoy it. All right, we got Vad Lee here. What's going on, Vad? How you doing, Nate? Good to have, good to be here. Yeah, man. Well, uh, why don't you tell me what's going on in your life these days? Um, so with me, um, my name is Vad Lee. I'm 26 years old. Um, uh, have a beautiful wife and um, two little daughters. One one just turned two, and yesterday, um, a three month old, and um, learning how to be a dad, learning how to become uh, one as a husband um, with my wife, and um, also. Um, Served. I just finished serving um, as a team chaplain at Indiana University, um, where I was involved in a lot of young men's lives, where um, it's important to me to build up the community and build up um, the youth uh, through spiritual faith, physical faith. I mean, spiritually, physically and mentally. Um, So um, that's what I've been kind of up to. Also, um, I've been able to play a little professional football. Um, and still in the mix of professional football as well. So um, stay in shape, um, continue to learn every day, and yeah, that's me. Well, great. So you must be about five years out of college now, right? And uh, four years maybe? Yeah, so I graduated December 2015. So yeah, so de- December 2000, this 2019 will be four complete years. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> Well, it uh, keeps counting up on you. It doesn't go. It doesn't go down from here. Yeah, yeah, I know it. I know it. I've heard. <laughs> so, uh, why don't you tell um, tell me a little bit about your recruiting experience, your college experience? What did, what was your big takeaway from college football? Um, my biggest takeaway um, from college football, man, that's a good question. I would say that. Um, the, the biggest transition from college to high school is that you're not as good as you think you are. <laughs> um, I, I say that humbly uh, because I coming out of college, I mean, coming out of high school, I was the number one ranked player in the state of North Carolina. 
and um, I was ESPN Top 100 um, and just had all of these cool accolades. But then when I got to college, I realized that now there were 18, 20, 30 other guys that were number one players in the state at one point in time um, that were ranked in the top 150 in the nation. And I wasn't the only guy in high school. That's very celebrated because you might be the only one on your team like that, or you might not have those accolades at all. Um, but uh, one of the things that I realized in college is that um, you are a product of the work that you put in and um, the measure you put in is the measure you'll get out. So, um, you know, I, I, I learned that in college, had a great, um, awesome opportunity to go to Georgia Tech and James Madison University, two different universities. So I got to um, see the skill level and I got to play on two different levels. Um, but at the end of the day, football is football and it's the game that we love. Um, so, um, yeah, I've, I've learned some cool lessons along the way. Well, I imagine a lot of athletes, like they really want to be in the position that you were in as a high school player. What, what is that position like, you know, to be number one in the state and to be recruited by a bunch of different schools? What was that experience like? Um, it was, a, it was, it was a unique experience. It was one of those things that I've always dreamed of. Um, never really dream of accolades in terms of, Hey, I want to be the number one player in the state. But you dream of um, being noticed, I guess. And I think every athlete, no matter where they rank or no matter what their stats are, they want to be noticed. And we all want to be noticed at the end of the day. And um, whether that's by high school coaches, whether that's by parents being accepted um, in the community and the newspaper or um, college coaches, we all want to be noticed. And for me, um, that was a cool, unique opportunity that, hey, I was just noticed and uh, my skill sets were um, were on display so that everybody could notice them so that I could potentially have an opportunity to go um, to college and um, earn my degree and um, it also maybe have an opportunity to play professional. So um, it was one of those things that just, you know, was by the grace of God. And, um, you know, it certainly doesn't mean that you know, that I was the best player ever or anything, but it, it, it certainly was a lot of hard work and dedication that, that, that went into um, that becoming my story. Now, when did you get noticed? Was it your freshman year? Was it before your freshman year? Was it your sophomore, junior year? Like, when did you pop on, like, the radar and college programs around the country knew who you were? So I popped on the radar after my sophomore year in high school. Um, I was a starting receiver, and I had a 1,100 um, yards receiving and as a sophomore people considered me as a as a baby and they like man if you can do this as a sophomore imagine what it would be like when you become a senior uh, and I would just want to encourage um, you guys that that also came after a year of me not playing football at all I was injured I got injured the first game of my JV um um, my, my high school varsity coach said, hey, you're going to play one game of JV. We want to get your feet wet. We want you to get introduced to high school ball. And um, then we're going to move you up um, after that. And um, I played one game, um, probably like the I think it was still in the first quarter, maybe the second. Uh, but most likely it was the first. If, I, if my mind is correct. And um, I got injured and uh, I was out for the entire season. Um, and then to come next year, I was ripped. I was very hungry. Um, I was hungry to be on the field. Um, I was hungry to have success. I was hungry to prove myself. Um, I came to high school with a lot of hype, but now I'm injured. 
you know, I was very hungry for the opportunity. And I would just encourage, you know, uh, for everybody that's listening, don't wait until something is taken away from you to value it or appreciate it. Um, not saying that I didn't appreciate it. I love the game. Um, but a lot of times we get complacent and um, we think that we're, there's always tomorrow. Well, how about we go for today and um, give it everything we got? So for me, um, that happened my sophomore year and I had a lot of success my sophomore year. Well, yeah, there's definitely something about struggle or about difficulty that brings something out of people that they don't know that they have. You know, it's like you get some sort of strength by going through difficult things. I mean, that's not a surprise, right? You go to the weight room, you do something difficult, you get literal strength out of it. But you, yeah. you go through mental challenges and you get mental strength and, and those things power you. And uh, I think the trick is, is how can you get the most out of what you what your experiences are? So if you've gone through something difficult or challenging, how do you get the most out of it and grow the most? And if you haven't had that kind of setback, how do you have the mentality that you did and you'd overcome even if you haven't had to do that yet? Right. That's the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring up um, the weight room. You know, if we think about our muscles, when we're in the weight room, we're literally breaking down our muscles um, just so that they can get built back up, you know? So, um, we definitely gonna, we're gonna go through things and football is the ultimate, ultimate sport where it challenges you, challenges you mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, it challenges, it challenges your pride, um, your humility, your sacrifice. Um, there's so many lessons that can um, be learned through this game that I love, um, that is teaching our young people. Yeah. And so when you, get through your sophomore year, you, you have a big season as a wide receiver. What, what was like the reaction from college coaches and um, how did like that attention compare to what you expected? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that, um, you know, after my sophomore year, I received my first scholarship offer from Duke university. And once you receive, um, you know, attention or once you see receive a scholarship, you can almost expect that somebody else is going to offer. Everybody's just waiting for that one person to pull the trigger. And uh, that was that was unique. Um, I, I've kept all of my letters um, that was ever sent to me. Uh, I definitely enjoyed the process. Uh, it is also one thing that I expected, though. Um, you know, I didn't walk in saying, hey, I didn't walk into high school and say, hey, um, I know that I'm going to go uh, on scholarship. But it was more, hey. I know that I have to do this um, to prepare for my future. Um, I didn't grow in the, you know, I didn't come from the wealthiest family or um, I wasn't the smartest, always the smartest guy in the room. Um, so I knew that I could leverage this platform as an athlete to get to where I want to become in the future. Uh, one thing about the game and one thing about sports um, that it has so many uh, opportunities outside of the field. You know, you, there's a coach, there's the video guy, there's the manager, there's the trainer, there's the, um, the, 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 I don't know. Um, there's just so many, there's so many, there's the chaplain, like I, I've, I've been serving, you know, there's so many opportunities, um, outside of the field that I knew that my heart thirsts for and I desired one day. So, um, for me, I knew that I had to do whatever I had to do to continue to get better. Um, my parents challenged me to get better. My coaches challenged me to get better. And I'm a product of of, um, of good coaching and um, good mentors in my life where um, I knew exactly what I wanted to do um, in, from my high school career. And 
Um, once that attention came from the scholarships, you know, for me, it was about trying to find the best fit and trying to find, um, you know, a, a great fit for me. And uh, I remember I committed to Georgia Tech before my senior year because I enjoyed the process for two years at that point where I wanted to end the process because I really wanted to focus on my last year in high school. I wanted to focus on my teammates. I wanted to focus on my coaches. I wanted to focus on winning a state championship. I wanted to focus not on me, but um, but everybody around me. And I'm so glad that I made that decision before my senior year. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. And so you were getting recruited by, you said Duke, and you said that you weren't uh, the smartest guy. Well, you must have been taking care of yourself in the classroom and doing the right things if you're getting recruited by Duke and Georgia Tech and I don't know who else, but... Um, so I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't leave our audience with the impression that, that, uh, you weren't taking care of things, you know, academically. Yeah. Uh, well, but, I, I definitely knew that I had to take care of my academics. I would say that football motivated me to be a better student. Um, you know, sometimes you can kind of get lackadaisical or, you know, kind of slack a little bit, but, um, I definitely wasn't a slacker. Um, football was kind of the driving force behind why I wanted to do certain things. So I, I'm thankful for the game. The game has helped me to become a better person um, overall. And so um, you said the first offer came from Duke. By the time you were making your decision, who'd you have offers from and who were like the front runners for the final decision? Yeah, I, I ended up having over 20 offers. Um, and Duke was my very first offer. Um, so they always hold a special place in my heart. Um, but it came down to Duke, NC State, um, Georgia Tech, and um, I think those were the top three that I was mostly um, considering. Um, my recruiting was very unique because I played receiver my sophomore year. Um, and the reason why I played receiver is because we had a senior quarterback who was um, who was just he was more experienced. He was better. Um, you know, he was just he was he was the starting quarterback. So I actually was the backup quarterback. But. I wanted I, I was athletic enough to uh, kind of do both. And I knew that I wanted to play quarterback for the rest of my career. And um, so a lot of my first offers came as a receiver, uh, which was different from what I expected. I expected people to come to me as quarterback. Um, so I had like University of South Carolina, uh, you know, Clemson and um, just Georgia, um, all these different schools recruited me as a receiver, and uh, I didn't want any parts of it. Um, and they didn't want any parts of me once I told them how, that I was going to be a top quarterback. Um, I ended up proving to them that that's who I was. Um, but at the time, they all, all they saw was, man, this is a sophomore receiver. Imagine when he becomes a senior, what he can be. So, um, But I knew that I was a quarterback. So your junior year, you switched to playing quarterback. Were you worried at all that like offers that you had would no longer be there or you might not be as good as you thought you were going to be and that you, that maybe that was a mistake and you should just stay at wide receiver? Uh, no, not at all. Um, wide receiver for me was more of an experiment. It was never um, something that I um, foreseen myself doing. Um, we, Me and my coach, uh, Antonio King, we had a plan. Uh, from the very beginning, and we wanted to expose me to high school football since I didn't play uh, or I just barely played the year before and um, didn't get any reps there. So uh, he was like, hey, man, let's put you at receiver and uh, you're, you're still the backup quarterback. Actually, in practice, I never really 
practice at receiver until it was scrimmage time. I always did individual drills as a quarterback. And, um, you know, I, I just kept getting better as a quarterback. So I knew that um, that I knew that some schools wouldn't um, go for it. Um, I knew that, you know, some some schools would um, would say, hey, man, you're a receiver. And um, that that played a lot into my decision and why I went to Georgia Tech. And, um, and yeah, that, that it wasn't a worry for me, though, um, because I knew that I would take care of business um, on the field at the end of the day. And so you said you were the three finalists were Duke, Georgia Tech and NC State, I think you said. And so how did you end up choosing Georgia Tech? Like what were what were the things about it that that pushed you over the edge that that was the place for you? Yeah, I fell in love with Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> uh, I, I thought that was very unique that Georgia Tech campus sit right in the middle of Atlanta, um, which at that point, I've never really been outside of Durham, North Carolina. And um, I love that. I did want to get away from home. It was six hours. Um, it was six hours. So it wasn't too far. Six hour drive wasn't too far. An hour flight. Um, so I'm like, hey, I can get home anytime, you know, I need to. Um, also, they just recruited me really hard and um, um, they recruited me and, and, and let me knew let me know that, hey, you're our number one guy um, and and we need you. Also, they were competing at the time in the ACC championships all the time. And uh, I knew that we could really do something special um, at Georgia Tech. Uh, one of the things that, you know, I encourage all all players in high school is to make sure you're making the best, do your homework and make sure you're making the best decision for you. Um, I think in recruiting, sometimes we can get caught up into the hype um, of a place like Atlanta or, you know, uh, you know, we can get caught up in location and just all different stuff, all, all other, other stuff that doesn't really matter at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it comes down to um, performance on the field. It comes down to coaches sticking to their word. Um, it comes down to playing football that you love. Um, so one of the things that, you know, in recruiting, I feel like, you know, for me, you know, was very interesting. A lot of people wouldn't have, uh, a lot of people, um, you know, encouraged me not to go to Georgia Tech um, simply because they run a triple option scheme and I wasn't a triple option quarterback. Um, but I, it was funny enough, I was told that, um, that I would be able to change the offense with my skill sets. And um, and that turned out to be false. Um, but I don't regret my decision. Um, I think that it was the best decision for me. I think that there were some um, looking back now, I think that there were some insecurities um, um, for me about my play as, play as quarterback simply because a lot of offers got dropped um, because people were saying you're a receiver instead of quarterback. And all I knew is that Georgia Tech was saying that I was their number one quarterback. And um, that's all I really cared about was somebody that came to me and said, hey, you're our guy. We're, we want you at quarterback in no other position. And once I received that security from Georgia Tech, I realized that, hey, um, hey, this is where I want to be. And, um, you know, I felt very comfortable with that decision. Um, now, I ended up transferring from Georgia Tech and went to James Madison University um, simply because the scheme um, had fit me better. So that's why I encourage a lot of athletes, hey, go to a place where you know that they're going to utilize your talents and skills and that you know you're going to be happy with at the end of the day. Um, you know, for me, that took me two to three years to 
um, fully understand that. And um, and when I did understand it, I made the best decision of my life uh, by transferring to James Madison, um, where at Georgia Tech, I was throwing the ball eight times, seven times a game. At James Madison, I was throwing the ball 37, 38 times a game. So um, that that was more for me. So, yeah, tell me a little bit about your career at Georgia Tech. I don't I don't really remember the details of it. Uh, like when did you play or how much did you get into games? You were there for, you said, two or three years. Yeah, so I registered it in um, 2011. Uh, I was the number one recruit and um, and just had a lot of hype um, coming in. Uh, and so 2012, um, we had a senior quarterback, um, and me and him had split time. Um, I was a redshirt freshman in 2012, um, and we we split time and um, had a lot of success. During that time that uh, we split, got a lot of experiences and um, won some games for us. And um, it was just really exciting. Um, the coach actually um, put some packages in for me to be able to throw the ball a little bit more. And um, it was just really exciting um, how they utilized me. We went to the shotgun and things like that. And um, then in 2013, I became the starting quarterback and um had a decent career. I think we went um, seven and six that year. Um, got to go to a bowl game, and um, and um, you know, I will definitely have memories in my Georgia Tech career of beating the South USC, the Trojans. You know, that's that's a school that I grew up like. Man, USC, Reggie Reggie Bush and Matt Liner, and um, so we beat we beat USC, and uh, those are fine memories. And um, you know, being a part of some key upset victories and um, yeah, I definitely enjoyed uh, my time at Georgia Tech, but it was rough um, because I, w- I didn't feel like that um, all of my skill sets were being utilized to the best of my ability, to the best of my ability. So what was the what was the thing that turned it into time where you realized it was time for you to transfer? And, and then I guess I, coupled with that, um, how much of it felt like it was just your decision that, to this, that it just wasn't for you? And how much of it felt like the coaches were telling you that it was time to move on? Uh, yeah. So, um, so um, I knew that I, I actually knew after stepping on campus for about three months and going through my first camp where we didn't throw the ball at all <laughs> in practice, I'm saying, oh boy. Uh, this is not good. But like you're, you're saying that like as if you had never watched a Georgia Tech game before. Like, what are you talking about? Like, they didn't throw the ball probably at all for the last couple of years. Before you're that. right. But you're right. But when you're told that um, that we just never had the personnel or we never had a quarterback that could throw um, like you can, you think that you're different. You think that you know um, that okay, yeah, maybe they haven't had that guy. I'm that guy, so. I want to go in and change. I remember uh, at Georgia Tech, funny story, um, we we would play um, um, Georgia State in 707 in the summers with no coaches because coaches can't be out there in the summers in college. So no coaches were there. Uh, it was just kind of player led. And Georgia State would bring their players over and we would go over to their facility. And the first I think it was the second day that I was on campus we had this big 707 versus Georgia state. Well, we were losing <laughs> Georgia Tech was losing to Georgia state. 
that shouldn't be the case. But it was a 707 passing league, so <laughs> the, the talent was probably even out. But either way, we shouldn't have been losing. And um, I remember I I only been on and um, on campus for two days. And the players decided to put me in. And I didn't know the plays. They kind of said, hey, they was drawing in the dirt. Hey, he's going to run this. He's going to run that. Hey, just just find him. And um, I think it was three plays. It, it, we, we started 40 yards back. And within three plays, we ended up scoring a touchdown. And we haven't scored all, all, all day. And that's not to knock anybody else. But that was just an interesting story because I'm like, man, I came to change the offense. And I told my teammates, the older guys, they 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 asked me. They said they put me to a side after that. Actually, the star receiver um, pulled me to a side after that and was like, hey, why did you come here? And um, I told him, I said, hey, I, I come to change the offense. <laughs> and him and another um, veteran um, player kind of laughed at me. And they was like, <laughs> they was like, he got you too? And I said, uh, what you talking about? I'm coming to change the offense. And um, they just knew I was a young, naive, you know, freshman thinking that, hey, I'm different than you. I'm, you know, a part of it. Maybe I'm, I'm like, no, I'm better than the guys who they recruited before. And they really genuinely want to change. Well, these guys have been here for four to five years and they know what the culture was like. And they they kind of told me then that that's not going to happen. And so I was kind of out to prove them wrong. And in reality, they was kind of looking out for me. So I went back to them years later and like, hey, man, I remember what you said. And and you were right. (laughs) So do you think that the coaches were just lying to you straight up in the recruiting process? Or do you think that they were telling you things? Like, I think, in my opinion, what coaches typically do is they say something vague enough that you will interpret it in the best possible way for yourself. But they're kind of protecting themselves in a way that it's like, there's not really lying to you. They're just they're just saying it in an ambiguous way that allows you to believe what you want to believe. Yeah, I wouldn't say that they were lying to me. I would say that um, most, you know, probably I was interpreting it as, hey, you know, when you make a general statement that we don't have the personnel to do that, you're the guy that can open up our offense. We genuinely want to open up the offense more. You kind of put yourself in those shoes and say, hey, I can open up the offense. My skill sets um, will allow Georgia Tech or any other school to um, be a better program. And you kind of place yourself there and you see the odds like, hey, the odds look really good for me to go in and play right away. It looks good for me to go in and um, and, and, and do some some new things, some exciting things. Now, granted. Georgia Tech did open it up a little bit. We uh, One of the things that we never did, and believe it or not, we in 2019, but, um, you know, they never really went shotgun. Well, uh, when I went there, uh, we began to do some shotgun stuff, which was uh, huge. That was huge for me, um, and that was a huge step um, in towards the right direction. So I guess in a way, uh, that could have been their way of opening up the offense. And um, for me, though, um, that wasn't enough. It was kind of like, okay, we're in shotgun, but we're still running the ball. Let's, you know, let's let's air it out a little bit more. Um, But then you realize that you don't have the personnel for that. You realize that that's not our DNA. And um, that's why I encourage players. Again, I encourage players to go to the best situation on the field 
that's best for you. Don't get caught up into the emotions. Don't get caught up even into the coach saying you're the guy. And I've, I've learned that even in, in real life, you know, um, there, there will be a lot of jobs that come to you and say, Hey, we can't have success with, without you. You have to take, you have to take this job. Well, if that job is causing you to not be around your family, if that job is causing you stress more than it's causing you, um, you know, happiness, uh, if that job is just a money sign, then I'm telling you it's not worth it. Um, and the same thing with in recruiting, you know, you can get caught up into all the other things like, hey, I'm, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, or I'm here and blah, blah, blah. They, they're going to put my billboard. That was big for me. Uh, they told me, hey, you're going to have your billboard in the middle of Atlanta, we're going to have a face, you know, so as a, as a young guy, that stuff, that stuff excites you. And, um, I think I fell for it. And, um, I realize now, um, if I have the opportunity to encourage anybody, I would say to, Hey, don't allow that, that those, those things that don't matter, don't allow them to weigh in your decision. Stick to the field, stick to the schemes. Like you asked me, yes, I watched Georgia Tech games, but, I thought that I was going to go there to change it. So, yeah, well, that's, uh, I think going back to some of your original advice is that you're not as good as you think that you are when you're coming out of high school. And, um, even for you, who was, who was legitimately pretty good, you know, you, you were number one player in the state, like you said. And, um, but even, even as good as you were, you still overestimated, you know, what you thought that your impact would be and, and how much you could change people. And, um, you know, and there are rare cases where I'm sure that they you can, but in most cases yeah. you can't, right? Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, you have experts at the college level and you're coming in as a young high school um, kid. Most likely you're not going to try not you're not going to convince somebody to change what they're doing for you. So, yeah, well, so so you did transfer um, and then I don't know if you answered the question, if it felt like it was your decision or if it felt like it was the oh, coach's yeah. decision. Yeah, no, I felt like it was completely my decision. Um, actually, I don't think that anybody really expected. It's not normal for a starting quarterback to transfer, um, especially a starting quarterback anywhere, but especially in the ACC. Uh, that just doesn't happen. Um, but for me, like I said, I realized that it was more important to me. I came to the decision where I asked myself that, would I rather, in terms of my NFL career, I knew that my NFL chances were slim if I stayed at Georgia Tech as a quarterback. And um, I asked myself, would I rather go down as um, a Georgia Tech legend um, or, you know, having a great career at Georgia Tech as a starting quarterback and then end it there? Or would I rather transfer somewhere else, somewhere else and give myself an opportunity, a shot to make it to the NFL. And ultimately what I decided was I'd rather go somewhere to give myself a shot at, at my dream. And the dream was the NFL. And um, that's what made me um, leave once I you know, had a real conversation with myself. And um, obviously through a lot of prayer, um, I realized that it was more important for me to give myself a shot than to, uh, you know, stay somewhere that I knew I wasn't going to have a shot at all. Yeah. So then you went to James Madison. Um, did you open your recruiting back up? Was it like right back to the, like it was in high school where you were getting recruited yeah. by all over or did you just pick them right away? 
Yeah, no, it was it was like high school all over. I had no idea where I was going to go uh, when I left Georgia Tech. Uh, I just knew that I wanted to go to um, a, a system that fit my skill sets and would allow my my full talents to be exposed. Um, so for me, um, I did not know exactly where I was going to go. James Madison came on the scene, um, obviously, when it was public that I was transferring. Um, and they reached out to me. They had a coach that actually I connected with during the recruiting process in high school. He was now the head coach at James Madison for like a week. He just took the job and he saw that I was leaving. He was at Ohio State and then he took the head coaching job at James Madison. And it was just cool how um, those past connections and um, in recruiting, you know, you never know who you might need one day. Um, I've always kept in contact with people um, that have offered me a scholarship. Um, Duke University is a great example. Um, Coach Cutcliffe and I have a great relationship. I played against him for three years. Uh, but, man, you know, after the games, we, were, we would be looking for it. We would not – I remember just a special moment of me playing in Durham where Duke was. Coach Cutcliffe would not leave the field until he saw me, and we were kind of looking for each other. And that's just, you know, that's he's a genuine coach. Not every coach is going to be like that. I will say that, um, you know, most, a lot of most coaches probably be like, hey, forget you. You didn't come to our school. We don't I don't want anything to do with you. But um, when you have when you have good people, um, you make sure you stay connected, even if you don't um, ultimately choose to be with them, whether it's in the real world or whether it's in football. Um, you never know when those relationships may come back. And now being in athletics. I have the opportunity now to still reach back out to these coaches 10 years later, uh, you know, maybe for potential jobs or um, recommendations. So, yeah, I chose James Madison um, um, after about a, a three week process. And I ended up taking an official visit to JMU and um, I took two official visits. Um, I wanted to, I took one to Towson University. I knew that I had to go FCS route. Um, now, I had some other Division I-A schools interested, but I knew that I had to go the D1AA route because I would have had to sit out a year. And I knew that that wouldn't have been good for my career because I would have been playing one year um, instead of two years that I did. Yeah, if, if you hadn't already redshirted, maybe it would have been more practical. You could have gone, transferred, and used that as a redshirt year. But with the redshirt already burned, I think that you were, you were pretty much – didn't make any sense to go to FBS. No, no, not at all. Yeah, so um, you you probably know the details of this better than I do. I, I was coaching at Fordham at the time when you were at JMU, and uh, I just remember every week it felt like JMU was scoring 75 points, and <laughs> you were like the leader of the pack, um, and you were just too, uh, too good out there. Uh, you were so good that when I became the head coach of the Australian team, literally the first name I circled at quarterback was yours and it was like how do I get a, get in contact with you I contacted every coach that I thought that I knew that might know you to just get your phone number and try to get a hold of you um so why don't, why don't you tell people about your time at JMU you know on the field um and the success you had there yeah best decision um you know one of the best decisions of my life of my life and um and um certainly it was an amazing just amazing atmosphere. Um, the fans are great. Uh, my teammates were great. The coaching was great. Um, JMU would probably be um, D1A very soon. Um, they are they they operate at a high level. 
almost like an Alabama of FCS. And um, it was really cool to be able to um, transfer from the ACC. Now, a lot, I, got, I got this question a lot. What's the difference between the ACC, you know, D1A compared to D1AA? And honestly, I couldn't really pinpoint a difference. You know, at the end of the day, football is football. And you have a man against you. You're going against a man that you have to beat. And keep it simple. That's what it is. And now, obviously, um, I have experiences of playing like teams like Miami. Miami was exceptionally fast. Like that's just that's just the you, right? Now, every team wasn't like a Miami, you know. Now I'm in the ACC, and you know you probably didn't see speed like Miami in FCS. But at JMU, we had an amazing, uh, we had amazing. I had amazing two year time, two year stint there, uh, where set all types of records. Uh, became the only quarterback in Division One history to ever rush and pass for over 270 yards in one game. I'm not sure if that still um, holds up today. Maybe Lamar Jackson did it. I'm not even sure. But, uh, you know, we had college game day come to JMU. Uh, now, that's unheard of. College game day going to a small school, like, man, that's crazy. And they quoted that James Madison, they've been all over the world, Alabama, LSU, and they quoted, Desmond Howard quoted, that JMU was the best place that he ever that they ever did college game day. So um, that just tells you a little bit about the environment. And that also tells to the young um, listeners, don't choose a place because it has popularity or because you think that, you know, that that you're going to be the, um, the star on campus or whatever. Man, these small schools have just as much as energy and, and excitement and love for the game as well. At the end of the day, it comes down to what you do on the field. And um, when you have success on the field, all those all that other stuff will come. The accolades, the scholarships, um, the fan support, everything else will come once you take care of business on the field. So we took care of business on the field. We were winning a lot of games and um, ended up being two time All-American player of the year and um, um, best player in Virginia award. And uh, yeah, it was it was a really cool time at JMU. Now, I don't know this, but did, did you win the Walter Payton Award? No, so um, my senior year we were we were seven and zero going into the eighth game of the year, and I was the number one candidate to win the Walter Payton Award. Uh, and then I got it, I got injured, so um, my career ended in injury. Um, I, I I I would like to think that I would have won the Walter Payton Award. Um, my stats at the at the seventh week um, were like, I mean, it was like a big gap. And uh, and I say that humbly, but, um, you know, we had a lot of success at JMU and I was having a great senior year. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't win the Walter Payton Award. Um, and I would like to say due to injury. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably true. I, I Now you're mentioning it, it. It's ringing a bell for me that I do remember that. But I mean, it was yeah, it was like video game numbers from what I remember. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. And I, I mean, that wasn't planned. Uh, but I think from my, taking my experiences from um, Georgia Tech and learning a lot about the run game certainly helped me um, to become a better um, um, facilitator of the offense at JMU. And then also knowing that knowing that this was my last opportunity to play college football, I wanted to give everything that I had on the field. And uh, and yeah, we had a really good we had a Really good team. Offensive line was great. I had some really talented playmakers out at wide receiver, so they made my job easy. So what do you think is the the thing about you that made you so successful? Um, 
I think it's my my just my 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 zeal, um, you know, um, my my will to just to just compete and my will to just win. Um, you know, at, at, at quarterback, you have to find a way when there's no way, uh, when the pocket is collapsing, uh, when, 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 when there's nobody open, you have to find a way. I think using my athleticism to, um, play quarterback, not being an athlete, there's a difference. I wasn't an athlete playing quarterback. Um, but I used my athleticism to be a quarterback. Um, I was an athlete at quarterback, but I wasn't um, a quarterback that was just um, athletic, I guess, you know, I, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I certainly was able to use my athletic ability to uh, to to keep the defense on their toes. I think it was one of those things where defense, you know, if you try to double team my receivers, then that is going to take off. If you try to um, if you try to just sit still and hold, uh, then I'm going to throw it over your head. So. Um, I think that was one of the things coming in that a lot of teams took for granted. Um, they didn't think that my passing skills were up to par simply because uh, I was considered a triple option quarterback. And I just remember a lot of games where um, teams would say, coaches would say, yeah, we're going to blitz them. We're going to get them flustered. We're going to do all these different things. Well, when they did, it made it so much easier for me because, hey, my philosophy is, I'm going to one of my guys. I'm going to pick and stick, and uh, I'm going to have a guy who I who I who I go after. So, at 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 quarterback, I always believe that when it's man to man situation, that my receivers are going to win. So that made that made it easier for me because I would sit in the pocket and take the hit, knowing that it was going to be a completed pass. Yeah, well, I think um, I doubt that they were necessarily underestimating you. I think it's probably more likely that uh they were just taking the chance and the only way that they they knew how there were no good options you know when you're mm-hmm. up against when you're playing when your defensive coordinator up against a good athletic quarterback um you know your options are pretty limited and i think for a lot of them a lot of coordinators the only choice is, is to try to blitz and make you uncomfortable and and hit you with the things that you can't see because um, yeah. that's the only chance they have if you see it then you got you got a way to beat it but if you can't see it then maybe you won't and i think that that's probably the shot they were taking Um, well, great. So, so what are you doing to stay involved in football today? I mean, you're, you're a few years out of school. Yeah. So, uh, like I mentioned earlier, um, I have, um, served in team chaplain role and character coaching roles and, um, been, been, um, been involved at a few universities, um, where I've been learning and growing, but also, um, where I've been, um, able to, um, make an impact in the game. Um, I also, after, um, graduating, I told you guys I ended with an injury, um, which was very tough for me, um, because I was on par to, um, potentially be drafted and, um, picked, at least picked up, um, in the NFL. Um, I was the same year as Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott. So, um, those guys are very similar to what my skill sets are. And, um, and I remember it was Carson Wentz and I, who was both leaders of the FCS, um, coming out my senior year, and he actually suffered an injury his senior year as well. But he was able to he suffered his early on where he came back and finished strong, where I started strong and wasn't able to um, finish. So, you know, um, it was one of those things that was very tough for me. At, at first, I, I would like to touch a little bit on just the mental health. Um, you know, it was very depressing for me um, at, at one point to 
you know, not be playing football to end end it like you did. Um, so I would just say take care of yourself. Uh, make sure that you have mentors that you can talk to. Go see a counselor. Um, do whatever you need to do because obviously that transition from football can be tough, especially if you are like me and you've been playing since you were five years old. So, um, you know, that was that was a tough time. I, I really didn't watch sports for a whole two years after that. I didn't I don't think I really watched a football game um, two years after me graduating because it was just too emotional for me really to just be involved. Um, but I did end up with that all being said, I, I did end up going to rookie mini camp with the New York Giants. Now, I was limping like crazy. Uh, I wasn't ready. Um, but, hey, I tried to do whatever I had to do to uh, make an NFL roster. Um, didn't end up making it. Uh, went to Canada for a little bit, played in, played for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Still felt like I wasn't um, the player that I was once before because of um, the injury. You know, had some other opportunities. Uh, I think you mentioned the Australian League um, in, in Australia, uh, the NGL League that I was hoping to play in, but that didn't end up coming to fruition. And, and have always been around the game. I ended up coaching high school one year at my at my high school at Hillside High School, and then um, like I said, I, I got back into um, college sports where um, I did a lot of training in Georgia Tech at Kennesaw State and at, at, um, at, at all these different universities in Atlanta and our mentors from Georgia Tech and then here in Indiana. And now, believe it or not, uh, hopefully you guys catch this podcast and um, and potentially will catch me playing um football again um i actually um i never stopped working out i never stopped training um it's been three years since i last um stepped on the field but um i got a chance to, an opportunity to play in this football league called your call football and um it's it was a league um, um that was only a five-week league only two teams uh, but a really cool gig you got to go to jacksonville florida and play um, at the jacksonville jaguars facility and um, that league took place this year um, in February and March, and um, it was really fun. Uh, it was it was fun to the point where um, actually 90 percent of the roster for both teams were guys who played in the NFL or the CFL. And um, so the talent was great. Um, they had this new technology where it was like Madden in real life. Um, the fans got to call the plays. Um, so if, if you guys haven't heard about it, go check it out. It's called Your Call Football. And um, they have this app where fans get to call the plays, kind of like Madden and the coaching suggestion. You know, you pick one play. Uh, well, fans got to choose our plays. And they need the players to play in it. So I signed up to play in it. Uh, actually, they called me. And uh, I said, heck, yeah, I would love to play. And it turned out um, I felt like I was even – I felt like, you know, that player that I was before – um, but even better, um, I felt I felt even better. And I knew at some point one day uh, my prayer has always, um, you know, I wanted to always have an opportunity. Um, so my encouragement, whether you're in high school or whether you're not playing right now or whether you just graduated college, uh, wherever you are, uh, one of the things that my mentor has taught me is, you know, he always say this quote, and that is, when is none of your business. Uh, so he he always said that I didn't understand what he was meant by that, but he always just said, when is none of your business. Um, you just better be ready and prepared for when that opportunity does come. So um, if you were if you worry about when that scholarship offer is going to come, if you worry about uh, when that next um, you know opportunity is going to come, then you're never going to take steps to get better. So when is none of your business, 
your business is to get better every day and um, just keep staying motivated. And you mentioned mentoring, you mentioned, mentioned scholarships. You're doing some of both of those these days, right? You're, you're doing mentoring and, and you, you said you started a scholarship, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, all in was our motto um, for my high school in 2010. Uh, our motto was all in 16 and 0 state champs. And that was our motto from the very beginning of the year. And um, at the end of the year, we were all in 16 and 0 state champs. And, um, and that's, uh, that's, that's one of those things that has stuck with me. Um, it's very hard to go undefeated no matter what level you're on. And, um, but when you're all in and committed to each other and for each other, um, you can make special things happen. So, um, all in foundation is um, something that me and my best friend, Meyer Crawl, um, um, started, he ended up getting a scholarship offer to go to, to the Naval Academy. Um, wow. Obviously we just talked about, I went to Georgia tech and, um, I remember, um, back in our first year in college, we called each other and said, Hey man, what can we do to continue to keep the all-in model alive? And uh, we wanted to impact the community. We also wanted to give back. Um, and we also wanted to inspire those who were in Durham and in our community. And uh, we decided to come up with the all-in scholarship where we raised money for an athlete that was, um, that was a key part of our success on the high school level, but just didn't, just barely, or just didn't get a scholarship offer for whatever reason, whether he was too short, uh, whether he wasn't fast enough or for whatever reason. Uh, but we felt as though, we feel as though 90% of the team are guys that you absolutely need um, on the team to, in order to have success. But for whatever reason, you know, they don't get offered a scholarship. And we wanted to keep encouraging the guys um, that don't get the scholarship to, Keep pursuing your academics. Keep pursuing getting better on the field. We see you. You know, um, the colleges may not come and offer you a scholarship, but we notice and we see you. And um, that's where our scholarship kind of started um, from. And we do. We also have developed to doing like an alumni event and, and doing um, kids camps, um, all in kids camps. And, um, and then now, um, if you um, if anybody on here ever want to get in contact with me, um, I use this online platform um, to uh, mentor um, high school athletes and uh, or high school and middle school actually and uh, you know if you ever want to sign up or whatever just you can contact me at, um, at vanley.org.org um, and that's something that I love to do um, I love to give back in ways um, from my experiences but also just to encourage people to, um, to get better we talked a little bit about mental health we talked a little bit about this, the, the, the recruiting process. So we talk about all of that stuff um, in one-on-ones. Um, right now we have about over 10 college quarterbacks actually that are online right now. Um, Virginia Tech, um, Ole Miss, um, 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 North Carolina Central University. Uh, we just got, we got, a, we got a, a lot of guys that are um, online with us and we have a good time on there. Well, cool. So you said the best way for athletes to find out more about the all-in stuff and you is to go to badly.org? Yeah, badly.org. And then my email is also badly at yahoo.com. Um, so, yeah, you can contact me, reach out to me. Uh, I would love to um, assist in any way and love to give some advice. I also love if, um, if you feel like you're missing out on a mentor or somebody to just talk to about these things. Um so there's nobody better to do it than the guy who's been in those shoes. So that's, that's awesome. I mean, you're, you're a really good dude. Uh, you know, so getting, uh, 
getting a chance to talk to you would, would I think be awesome for any athlete, um, to, to better themselves. Uh, before, before we go, what, what advice would you give, you know, as like a parting words to, you know, high school athlete going through the recruiting process or wanting to get recruited in high school and, um, you know, play college football, what, what would you tell them? Uh, yeah, I have, um, the beginning of the year, I always come up with like different mottos and, uh, one year it was be great. Next year it was unstoppable. And, um, you know, one year it was, um, ex- extraordinary, which was last year. Um, but this year, um, my motto this year is press on. And, um, I feel that because, um, I feel that so heavily because a lot of people get stuck in their tracks when things don't go as planned or things don't go as well as they thought it would. Uh, but if you continue to press on, um, you will reach the prize. You will get to where you're trying to go. It might look different um, than than how you originally originally planned it, um, but God can work all things out um, for to, for the better and for the good um, of your story. And um, you're going to look back one day and realize that, man, if I would have stopped, I never would have been here, um, you know. So my encouragement is to press on, um, keep going, don't quit, uh, and also win is none of your business, and um, keep pressing on. All right, Bab. Well, thanks so much for coming on. This was great. Talk to you again soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. This was fun. Thank you. Well, what really came through for me in that one is Bad uh, and his his love of helping people and his love of the game of football and so he just brings those two things together and just about anything he does in his life and I, I just think it's great uh, it honestly reminds me of some of my own passions and my own drives um, much of the reason why I started Verified Athletics in the first place so thanks for listening and go check out the College Selector it's gonna help you so it's worth the five minutes and I'm excited to see what kind of results it will produce for you. And see you next time.